Hustle podcast starts now. Hey, good people. This is Jay-Z bringing you your dose of the midweek muscle. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever you're deciding to listen into this podcast. I thank you. And I also welcome you. And I absolutely appreciate that you made your way here. So good people, last week I told you, I would tell you a little bit about why my productivity was so short, sweet, and spicy, even though that's what I like and how I like. Right now. (laughs) Um, But I, I needed to get right with my story first in order for me to tell it um, almost as freely as I could without rambling into other segments of thought or emotion, because, you know, when it's kind of fresh, it's kind of hard to tell it straight, if you know what I mean. Um, And so while I'm no stranger to being productive and having a strong sense of feeling productive, it's no wonder why I had an equal amount of calm through those, uh, through that situation and equal amounts of chaos through my situation. Um, and it's crazy because I stumbled upon this article that helped me to understand why this, uh, sort of experience that I was going through, like I call it a phenomena, but it's probably not, um, <laughs> was happening. Um, and it's around this idea of toxic productivity, uh, that I came across in this article from, um, the magazine Real Simple. And so the concept shares this. Technology renders anyone reachable at any time. Sounds harmless enough, but this never-ending compulsion to be productive is doing things to us. Productivity has its own threshold, and it's no shocker that mental health has taken a massive simultaneous dip in the past few years, especially this last year, as the expectation to be quote-unquote on to be online, to be available, to do one more thing keeps climbing up, up, up. But behold, the diminishing returns of toxic productivity, this effort and output that ironically and the well-intended or well-intentioned, maybe, drains us of physical and mental energy, thus resulting in a lack of productivity, motivation, and efficiency. Oh, and it makes us feel terrible. The author then goes on to say, but we can't deny the pandemic's role in our warping our work ethic. Ever since COVID sent many like office-based employees home to keep working remotely, there's been even more pressure to be quote unquote on all the time to prove you're definitely working hard not running to the grocery store midday to compensate for not being in office, even though being remote isn't your fault, to be as available as possible and to come out on top as the most reliable, effective, productive worker, despite just trying to get through a traumatic, novel global health crisis at the same time. Oh my gosh, is she speaking our lives or what? So anyways, she continues to say, we are squeezing our window for personal time down to the absolute bare minimal. 
or extinguishing it entirely. Toxic productivity occurs when an individual has an unhealthy obsession with being productive and constantly on the go. The doctor, Dr. Quasi, is the one who is quoted by saying some of these uh, statements, uh, and the author just captured them. Uh, Dr. Quasi also says, it gives us a constant feeling that we're just not doing enough. This restlessness is often fueled by a fear of failure or sometimes a feeling of being an imposter. If y'all been tracking with me for a while, we've talked about imposter syndrome, um, which is this idea that you'll be discovered as a fraud at any given moment. It can also occur if someone's working to avoid or delay other personal problems or happen to individuals who measure their self-worth purely based on hours logged, emails sent, and dollars made. Taking a break is viewed as weak or a waste of time to these individuals. And so work tasks take priority over basic over basics like rest, meals, exercise, regular contact with those we love. Laundry is piling up. You're working through dinner time. Your friends haven't heard from you in days. You're not moving enough. Toxic productivity feeds burnout and fatigue and is often a red flag for such other worrisome issues as anxiety and depression. Negative outcomes in our mental health are bound to occur where there's an expectation of high and constant productivity, whether we're pushing ourselves to work longer hours or cannot relax during our free time, Quasi says. Overworking may be a sign that we're struggling with high-functioning depression by covering up feelings of low self-worth, guilt, sadness, or decreased energy, and by channeling all of our energy into our work. There's no rule that we have to run on empty to be successful. Dr. Quasi insists this. That path to success is ridden with anxiety and depression. We tire easily, complain of aches and pains, and our mindset becomes negative. The only way to healthily be productive again is to rest. Okay, y'all. So when I read that, you can tell, like, I was like, oh my gosh, she's speaking to my life right now. So again, uh, Dr. Quasi also offered up some great tips on how to break the vicious cycle, which I'll get into in the back of the episode. So then this whole idea of me starting with a story and saying, I'll get to that in a little bit. How does that like blurb of an article impact my story so much. Um, Well, uh, and I intended to share this story with you guys last week, but I didn't get to it because like I said, I was trying to get right with it, like my emotions in check. So good people, I took a, a really amazing trip to Costa Rica. And if you have no idea where that is, it's in Central America. It sits right next to Nicaragua, um, kind of closer towards South America, just so you get a good idea of where I was. Um, so I took a trip to Costa Rica and we were on the Pacific ocean side of things. Like we weren't in the, the Gulf or Atlantic side of things. We were on the other side. Um, however, on, on one of the excursions, because we had many excursions that we took on one of the excursions that I went on, um, it was a sunset cruise. And so we had to take this little dinghy boat out to a larger yacht Uh, So that way we could sail the ocean or sea or whatever you want to call it, bay or whatever, um, because I had no idea where we were. Um, But on the boat, it was an opportunity to like 
lay out, catch some sun, talk, drink, dance, take photos, sightsee. It was incredibly peaceful. All you could hear was either the motor on the boat or the music, depending on where you were in position to the boat. But if you were out where I was, like over this like a uh, canvas net where you could see the like water splashing under you and the boat moving so fast, you couldn't hear the music. All you could hear was the motor and the waves splashing the water, right? So when it was time for us to dock, we had a chance to either stay um, on the boat or take in more sun, like stay on the boat and take in more sun or um, jump into the water. Um, but, or, you know, to go snorkeling or to like, kind of just dance in the water for a little bit, just hang around the boat, chill. But y'all know me, (laughs) right? When I say, you know, y'all know me, listen, I was in that water before they even had a chance to say what the plan was. Well, not, well, not really. I was actually the last one in the water, but it was for a good reason. Um, so once I had the chance to jump in, to that water to make my first chance to go snorkeling. And might I add, it was just incredible. I like, they said, oh, you have to swim out. And it looked about a mile, like a half mile, maybe. Um, But I wasn't, I didn't care. It was exciting. I like jumped in head first, like, yeah, let's go. Um, And so it didn't feel like too bad when I was swimming out. It was like, actually, it felt good on my skin. Um, so once I got to the place where snorkeling, I guess, was supposed to happen, um, I found myself like putting my head down and seeing, like with my equipment and gear on, of course, looking down and seeing that I was right in the middle of two schools of fish. Like there were tons of dories from like Finding Nemo dory. There were tons of dories swimming around me and like some gray fish, but in this large school, like pool of fish. Like they were dancing around my legs and my arms. It was so cool. Um, and so the, like, I had no idea what was really going on uh, because, you know, like in other countries, sometimes things just aren't as regulated as they are, um, in the States. So it's not like I had a tour guide saying, Oh, come over here, stay away from over here. I mean, I saw a big group of people in the water, but I thought in my mind, like, uh, that's not our group of people. And I was only on the trip with three other girls and they were all on the boat. So I was out there by myself. Um, And I didn't want to get lost with that big group of people and lose track of my boat of people, you know, Um, just in case, uh, you know, I had to like get on the boat fast or they needed to find me or something. Um, so in my mind, I was like, just do your thing and keep your eye on the boat and, you know, do your thing. So I was just snorkeling and, uh, uh, and looking around and like, bam, there they were. And it was just amazing. Um, and so by the time I looked up, I said, okay, people are starting to get picked up. I don't know which boat they're going to, but I need to start making my way back to the boat. And y'all, by the time I looked up, it was like a whole mile away. And so I had to like swim back, um, like at least a mile back to the boat. Um, and so when I got, finally made it to the boat, I was so incredibly tired. Like my friends were cheering me on, like, you're almost here. You're almost here. 
I was so tired. <laughs> like the sheer exhaustion was over me that just said, sleep. And so I did. But upon me waking, like maybe I slept for like an hour or two, maybe two and a half hours, I'm not sure. Um, by the time I woke up in front of me was this beautiful, and I mean beautiful, gorgeous sunset, like one that would take your breath away. And you know, I have photos, so don't worry, but uh, one that would take your breath away. And there was only a small window of this sunset that you could capture before it was like completely pitch black. And it was so dark, y'all. Like, obviously there's no light on the ocean. So it was so dark. So here we are, you know, it's our time to get off the yacht and to get on this dinghy boat and sail back to shore. However, this time around, what happened wasn't as beautiful. Like as soon as I got off the dinghy boat, um, when I jumped into the water, the water was probably midway my thigh and I stand about five, five. Um, so midway my thigh and you know, we're in the ocean. So those waves are hitting, um, immediately upon me exiting from that dinghy boat into that water, we were just swarmed with these young kids that were part of the community that just ran up to all of us asking if we wanted to buy bracelets, like these handmade bracelets, like $5, $5. And again, um, in my bag, I was trying to dig out my sandals and put them on my feet and walk closer to shore. So that way I wasn't getting all dirty. And with it being dark, I couldn't see so well. Um, and so I'm drawing my sandals out of my bag and somehow between me getting off the boat and me getting to land, my phone was completely gone. Um, like obviously I was talking to the kids. I was closer to the shore. So the water wasn't closer to my thigh anymore. It was more like by my ankles and my feet. Um, but my phone and my glasses and all things completely gone. Now this usually wouldn't be too bad because it's just the phone. Right. But only in this situation on the back of my phone was a little card holder, which held my one credit card that I borrowed on the trip, probably 20 or $30 in cash, maybe even 50, not even sure. And my driver's license to use in the States. Now, all I'm saying is I don't really like to accuse people of stealing. And it could have been my own negligence that the phone popped out of my bag. It could have been the ripple effects of the water, or the bumps in the boat. However, at some point, my phone was out of my bag. Now, I'm sure you've heard it through this episode. My Apple Watch would usually tell me like, hey, homegirl, we not, we not together anymore. So it's buzzing or dinging or whatever. Um, but only this time around, it went radio silent. And I don't believe in my heart of hearts that someone would pick it up and just bring it right back to me. Like, oh, this is what we have to do. Or here's, here's your phone back. Here's your stuff. Um, and so, you know, according to what we think happened, because people were calling the phone, um, either they got it and popped the SIM card out and kept going. So I have, you know, no access to it or the ocean literally ate it. Either way, I have no idea. And I can't even tell you what happened. All I knew at this point was my stuff was gone. I'm in a different country. And I have limited, and when I say limited, limited resources to get back home. Uh, 
And you know, like at this point, y'all, I'm completely mortified. Um, and now I'm thinking of a great despair that has come over me that almost was enough to completely ruin my trip because I still had a good three days left of this trip. Um, and at that point we were probably midway through. So, uh, I was, so sad, y'all. <laughs> like, so sad. My group of friends, my group of girls, they were sad. It's just four of us. They were sad. It like my phone being gone, like almost had the ability to steal the glory of this entire trip. Um, but I had to make a choice. I had to reconcile quickly. Like I had to apologize profusely to my friends because I, I, you know, there's three of us. I, I I apologize because I was the photographer of our group or the pseudo photographer because I'm not out here like experts type status, right? Um, and and I'm the one that's usually recording things on the trip or for recording the candid moments or taking the candid photos. And that's right, as you're thinking of it, and your face is growing long right now, thinking in despair. All of those wonderful photos, beautiful photos, beautiful videos that we took of all of our excursions up to that point were resting with that non-existent phone. So I apologized to them with as much sincerity in my heart, like one of which like I knew that I had messed up, but there was absolutely nothing that I could do about it. And even if it wasn't my fault, I still felt this incredible amount of guilt. Um, because I couldn't give them their photo. Just as much as I took the photos, it was their photos um, too. And I just felt really bad about that. And all they did was show me grace. They they acknowledged that it was okay. They weren't worried about it. They're happy that I'm okay. Because we had a long day at that point. Um, they were sad about the photos, but they said, you know, this will be our memory, our lived memory. It'll be our experience. Um, but they also shared that it, like that experience of me losing my phone also greatly saddened them and that they were in complete disbelief. And I'm just thinking in my mind, like, how could they have such strong reactions to me losing my phone? Like, I know I felt really sad, but I knew in my spirit I had to get 100% okay with that phone being gone, because if I had not, it would have ruined my trip completely, like completely ruined the trip. Um, so then the question becomes now, how could something that small ruin something that big? This was a big trip. Like, how could it, how could it have that much power? And I think good people, it may have had something to do with that statement or that article that I read to you before around toxic productivity. Now. It, this may be a stretch, but I'm going with it. Now, even though I was on a leisure, leisurely trip, like a fun trip, the concept of texting or posting of social media or anything having to do with the phone means I'm still on. And I wish you could see my air fingers here. I'm still on. I think to Dr. Quasi's point, if I experience constantly being on, then I am not experiencing wellness to the fullest extent. And so I have to be mindful of setting boundaries so that I can be on and fully on and that I can allow myself to be off and give my, myself permission to be off. 
like my phone, y'all went off the grid, 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 right? My phone went away. So there was no way for me to have any kind of access or to even be on, even as I sat there and watched my friends be on their phones. Now, again, they're not heartless. They let me use what I, what I needed to use at the moment, but I was limited even to what I could do because everything was, Hey, we sent a text to your phone to verify it's you because you're logging in from a place we don't recognize. So again, I was limited. I was very limited. Um, not to mention the Wi-Fi was very spotty at best to even make a phone call or even hop on the internet. So I was limited. So the issue is though, I would have never gotten to that point of having, um, those emotions or feelings of being completely disconnected if this hadn't happened to my phone. Like I intentionally would have not disconnected myself. You see what I'm saying? Like I would not have done that to myself. I think I felt incredibly sad because I really appreciate the ability to take beautiful photos. Um, Like I'm the type of person that brings the big jumbo DSLR camera with me on trips and uh, and look like a flipping tourist <laughs> because I just love taking in the beauty of beautiful things like the photos or the artwork in my home. If an artist, another artist didn't create it, I took those. And I, it's just something that I'm passionate about. Um, so having something like my phone with amazing photo taking abilities, having something like that stripped away from me in that capacity, along with my cards and my, my cash, like I wasn't even worried about the cards or cash, not that much at least. Um, but to have something like that stripped away from me and then my ability to communicate, uh, made me feel really sad because I couldn't capture those moments anymore and I couldn't get them back. However, for the sake of that, like sort of idea of toxic productivity, Me trying to take the perfect photo or me trying to be, um, me trying to sit there and capture the perfect moment would have still been me trying to be productive. And I probably good people needed to see that in that way. Maybe I needed to feel those feelings too, the, that great sadness in order to be fully like really fully take in um, what being present looks like Um, and to take in those additional moments of fun and to take in those other beautiful experiences I had, not being behind a screen, to capture it so I can post it later on a story or send it or take a selfie or whatever that looked like. Um, So there... Like, again, if I didn't, if, if I didn't experience being disconnected like that, um, I wouldn't have had that experience of fully being in the moment. Um, and maybe I was forced into that because there would have been no other way for me to have a good time because I would have been sitting there looking like worrying about my phone. Um, and so just to take that idea of what happened during my trip um, and to wrap up this concept of that toxic productivity, 
Dr. Quasi gives us tips on what to do to break that cycle a little bit. Like we're not all doomed. We've all fallen into the traps of toxic productivity in one way or another. Um, And so here's some tips to break the cycle of that. Um, And here they are. Number one, ask yourself, is the work you're doing human-centered or productivity-centered? Or if the organization that you're working for or working with is human-centered or productive-centered, right? Number two, if you have the option to schedule daily meetings so that you have 15 minutes between them to get fresh air, stretch your legs, hydrate, or play with your pet, please do that. So that way you have time to move. Don't schedule them back to back with like one minute to disconnect and one minute to log on. Number three, be very disciplined about going screen free. And this is where my story kicks in. Going screen free for a few moments throughout the day. Take a breath, listen to music or meditate or do those undo those undeserved feelings of guilt and shame of not being productive. Number four, if you need the time off to recuperate mentally and emotionally, take that time. If there's a deadline, you know, with your work, then go ahead and do what you need to do. Um, But then take time off after that, if you are able. Number five, And this is another reason why my story kicks in. Uh, Number five and number six, I think. Number five, stick and set boundaries that make sense for you and, you know, your surroundings. So a couple of examples are no cell phone at mealtimes, take a break after three or four hours of steady work, set aside specific days or times to spend with your partner or your family or your friends, get at least seven hours of sleep at night. Plan to have at least two large square meals a day. If you don't know what a square meal is, then it may be time for you to Google that or, you know, we can set aside different time, different day to discuss that. Number six, again, one that helps me, detach from your social media, which also pushes us to do more watching, more scrolling. So like watching TikTok or doom scrolling IG or Facebook can leave us feeling guilty and depressed as to why we aren't doing what others are doing. Number seven, talk to a mental health professional if it starts to become overwhelming. And if you're not ready to go to therapy, there are so many amazing therapy apps that you can try like SESH, S-E-H, I'm sorry, S-E-S-H. Sesh or calm, C-A-L-M. So like uh, good people feeling well and having a good mindset is something that can help us do our best work rather than a lot of work, right? Sometimes we think that if we do a lot, that means we're productive and that's not always true. Um, And so, you know, over here at the Midweek Muscle, that's all we want for you to anyways, to do anyways, is do your best work. And I hope that by sharing my little section of a story for how I was pushed into taking that time away can be a little nugget for you this week, right? Um, It's just a subtle and gentle reminder that the material things of this world can always be replaced. But those moments where you can recharge or do things for yourself that make you feel like well and alive, those are the things that can be hard to come by if they're not taken um if we're not taking, fully taking advantage of when we should be. And they can also, if we're not taking advantage of those moments where we need to give time to self, 
they can have some uh, pretty dangerous outcomes too, which in entrepreneurship can be very dangerous for our productivity or, or our goal setting. Um, and even if you're an entrepreneur doing great things inside of your organization, they can have some pretty damaging outcomes, which is not ever what we plan for, right? And so just leaving it right there at that good people, like, I hope this was helpful for you. I hope you had some time to think about what that means for you. And I hope these little nuggets can help you to process in maybe a little different way if necessary. And if you're already doing these steps, please spread the love. Like, please spread the love. Um, but no, no doubt about it. I'm happy that I had the opportunity to get that off my chest with you. And so you can like understand how my trip went and how much fun it was, but also what I went through. And little snippets of um, what what that looked like for me. I plan on posting a little video clip of all the things that I did so you can get a snapshot and you can see it with the fuller understanding that I didn't get to do. Like I, I don't get to share everything because I, I have no way of capturing those and getting them back. So a little snip of what I was able to do. And um, I hope that you get a chance to check that out um, as you know I'm able to post it. But I... As always, I hope it gets, I hope I get a chance as always to uh, bring it back here with you guys next week. Um, thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have an opportunity to have a great week. I hope you guys have an opportunity to schedule that time for yourself, stick to some boundaries this week. Um, really see how that works out for you being present. Like literally maybe leave your cell phone in a safe place and walk away from it for a good two, three, four hours. And yes, it might feel overwhelming to come back to it, but at least you gave yourself that time, right? Um, so that way we're not running ourselves into the ground. Um, but most importantly, I hope you make time for self. And as always, I hope you make it a great week. Um, I'll see you guys here this time next week. And as always, let's go.